0: Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We're going to start this series called Orange Table Talks, and the reason why is because our table's orange. You know what I'm saying? And if you can't see it online, our team did our very best to make our table orange. They tried real hard. If you can't see it in the back, it's an orange table, kind of, sort of, maybe. Not really, but it's okay. And so I'm grateful for our team for doing their best to make a table look somewhat orange. And uh, But we're just going to be talking today. As I was kind of praying and studying. Uh, the Lord really kind of brought me back uh, about four years ago uh, is when... Really what I would do is that we, Ashley and I, when we first moved here, we would just sit across the table from people. Hundreds of different people we sat across the table from and talked to them about the church and and what we're doing and who we are it was before we launched the church. If you don't know, uh, our church has been around now about almost four years. And so when we moved here, Ashley and I, y'all, many of you know our story. We moved from Destin, Florida, and so we just wanted to chat with people. And so we would just chat and tell everybody we could, anybody we would meet with that would meet with us, even if they wouldn't meet with us. I was like, sit down anyway. You know what I'm saying? Like hear about what's happening at our church, what we want to do at our church. And and so that's what I want to do today. I want to just really just sit across the table from you. I know there's about 200, 250 people in here, but I want to sit across the table from you and just one-on-one, we're just going to chat. We're just going to have some, just some, some conversation. I want to talk with you and really about some things that I believe are so important in our church. And one of the things is this. I, I, here's what I want to do. I want to talk to you today about why we're here, about why we're here. And I'm not talking about why you're here on this planet, but I want to talk to you about why, why we're here as a church, why experienced church exists Four years ago, when we were meeting with people, one of the greatest questions, I gotta sit down because we're talking, you know what I'm saying? I can't be walking around at the coffee shop, you know what I'm saying? So uh, here's what happens. Like when I, we first moved here, uh, one of the major questions, uh, probably the most, we got the, probably the most, the question we got the most was, well, why Tallahassee? Why Tallahassee? Why Tallahassee? And we would often hear, and many of you probably know this, we would often hear, there are so many churches in Tallahassee. You ever been driving down a road and you realize there's another church? Just me? Literally, just yesterday, I was driving in a tr- ca- truck with some, some people. And I was driving in the truck, riding the truck, and all of a sudden, it was like, oh, that's a church? I've never seen that one. And somebody in the front seat was like, oh, yeah, that's been around about 50 years. Oh, okay, missed it. Oh, sorry. There are churches everywhere and on every street corner. Every- and so people would literally always ask us, why Tallahassee? And people would even say, oh, well, there's a lot of churches. We don't need any more churches. And I said, well, sir, ma'am, thank you for discouraging me as God is asking me to come here. Um, And I would tell them, seriously, I would say, I would say, honestly, it's not that Tallahassee needs another church. I said that we just, as Ash and I have prayed, we felt like we've heard the voice of God and he's told us and he's called us and sent us to Tallahassee. So we're coming being obedient to God and his voice. And that's, that's why we came. It wasn't because we had this great dream of this great church. We really, we just, we heard God speak, and we wanted to be obedient to his voice, and so that's why we showed up. So people ask us all the time, why Tallahassee? Why, why, why? Well, that's why. It's not because Tallahassee was the dream. In fact, many of you know, Ashley and I, we never thought a million years we'd be in Tallahassee. Probably a lot like your, your situations. I haven't met a lot of people that say, man, when I was growing up, I dreamed to live in Tallahassee. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. But we love it. We love the city of Tallahassee, and we love that God sent us here. And Ashley and I can't picture ourselves anywhere else now, but when we were being called here, we never would have thought Tallahassee. So it wasn't this great dream that we had. We just were trying to be obedient to God's voice. And I want to talk to you today, really, about why we exist. Why, not only just why Tallahassee, but why is Experienced Church, as, as we continue to grow as a church. If you don't know, our church has been growing, and I'm grateful for that. And I, I want to I let you know why we're here. We know we can oftentimes come to a church. We can sit in the messages and the services and in the worship and sing the songs. And we can not even know why we're doing what we're doing. And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. And again, I just want to chat. We're just going to talk. I'm going to lean back a little bit. I'm probably going to lean forward a bit. I'm going to probably get excited and walk around a little bit for those that know me. But I'm going to do my best just to kind of chat and let you know why we're here in Romans chapter 10. In verse 13, it says, For anyone and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord, they will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? That is why the scripture says, How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. This is what we feel we were called to do. We felt like God sent us here as a, as, a, as a couple to build a church and to plant a church and to continue to allow people to see and experience three things. You've probably heard the phrase. You may have a t-shirt. You've probably seen it on the wall outside. It's to help people experience hope, healing, and a home. This is why we exist as a church. It's not so that we can get together, hear some, some good songs and, and check the box off at the end of the day to say we went to church this weekend, but it's to really help people experience hope, healing, in a home. I want to talk to you a little bit about that today. First Peter chapter 1 in verse 3. It says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. He has given us a living hope through Jesus. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy, peace, as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. God of hope, the God of hope through Jesus. And we we believe here at Experience Church, we are called to be a people. And when I say a church, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about a group of people that say we are called to bring and to help people experience hope in our lives. You know, oftentimes what we can do in, in our lives is we can almost think hope is a building. And what I mean by that is that we can think, okay, if I bring them to church, they'll experience God. They'll experience the hope of God. They'll experience, and that's true, we gather together and we can experience God together. Yes, but we are called to be people that bring hope into every situation of our lives. To bring hope into the, the, the dorm rooms. To bring hope into the business world. To bring hope at our jobs. We should be people that are everywhere we're going, we're bringing hope. Now, who is and what is hope? The hope we know is Jesus. Jesus is the answer to all hopeless situations. Jesus is and always will be the only hope to hopeless situations. As a country, as a world, what we have done is we have tried to create all different types of things to mask or to cover or to even cope with hopeless situations when really we know that the, really the only hope and the only answer is Jesus. And so what we want to do, what does that mean, is as, as if you call yourself a... Uh, 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 a member of experienced church or if you call yourself a, a experienced church being your home church and this is what we're called to do we're called to everywhere that we go to be a light in our city to to bring hope to those around us to bring Jesus the answer to all situations he's the answer to addiction He's the answer to forgiveness. He's the answer to shame. He's the answer to guilt. He's the answer to, to pain. And he's the answer to, to frustration and anxiety and, and, and fear. Jesus is the answer. He always is. He always will be the only answer. And so for us, we have to be a people. Why, why do we exist? We exist to not just come and gather, but to really know, okay, we have a living hope. And so then what we do is we spread throughout our city and we bring hope to all those around us. It's why we exist. And if we're really being vulnerable with one another, I'll be vulnerable with you. I'm not afraid of it. You know what I'm saying? But if we're really being vulnerable with, it, with what we're talking about today, without Jesus what we're doing is meaningless. Us gathering today in this building, shoulder to shoulder with somebody you don't know and you know the person next to you probably didn't put on enough deodorant. Come on, somebody. What we're doing is completely meaningless, pointless, wasteful of our time without Jesus. He is the only reason it's not so that we can come again and feel good about ourselves. So often the American culture of Christianity is that we come and so we, we go to church and so then we feel good about going to church because now it make our, makes ourselves feel like we're spiritual. When No, that's not it at all. We're here to gather together so that we can know and stand and, and be encouraged that Jesus is the hope. And then from there we spread out and we bring hope everywhere that we go. Because we, we know that this world is hopeless. We know that this country is hopeless. We know that this city is hopeless without Jesus. There are so many situations in our world that are hopeless. We're living in a city that needs hope. We're living in a city, I'm going to say it again, that needs hope. Let me give you some statistics so to prove myself right. And you can say, you're right. Leon County, just Leon County, we're talking just about Leon County. No, the county, the county, Leon County. We're talking about Leon County has one of the highest rates, statistically, one of the high, Leon County has one of the highest rates of poverty in the whole state of Florida. Leon County has one of the highest rates of poverty in the whole entire state. In our backyard. Not 300 miles away in some secluded area. Not in a different country, in a third world country. Right here in our own backyard. Leon County, our own backyard. The people that we walk around with and see in our community in our neighborhoods. We have one of the highest poverty rates in the whole state of Florida. There are people that need hope in our city. 39% of all children in Leon County live in a single parent household. 39% 39% of the children that are being raised in Leon County live in a single family home. That's almost half of the people that our kids, go to kids, uh, our kids go to school with. Half of the kids that we see in our neighborhoods, almost half of the children in our city, not a different country, in our own city, almost half of them are being raised by single parents. Now, I'm not making fun of single parents. In fact, I, I think single parents, and I'm being completely honest, I think single parents are the superheroes of our country. I'll say it again. I think single parents are the superheroes of our country. Amen. How do I know that? Because we have one on our own, and there's two of, two of us against one, and let me tell you something, the one always wins. There's two of us, and I'm like, I don't know how this works, much less if you're one parent doing it. So I'm, I'm telling you, I'm not making fun of single parents. What I'm saying is there's an incredible need in our city for single moms and single dads and children that are being raised in single family homes, in our backyard. Where again, we're not talking about it in a different city. We're not talking about a different state. We're not even talking about a different county. We're talking about right here in Leon County that almost half of the children that are being raised are being raised by single parents, excuse me. a little more than 20% of the population of Leon County, almost 20, a little more than 20% admits to engaging or being engaged in binge drinking. One in every five people actually a little bit more than one in every five people that are in our city, in our own city, not a different country, not a different state, not the state or the city that you think is like the sin city, like in our own community, one in every five people admit, we're not talking about the people that don't admit, the people that admit to being binge drinkers. Our city is in need of hope. Because how many you know, and you know, Drinking isn't the answer. Drinking doesn't bring hope. I'm not making fun of drinking. That's not what I'm doing today. That's not my role. That's not what I'm trying to do. What I'm trying to do is that if the people are binge drinking, we know that if there's, a, there's something going on in their heart, there's an addiction in their heart that, that we, they need freedom from. And we know that, here's what we know that Jesus is the only one that brings freedom and hope in hopeless situations. And so this is what we're doing, this is why we exist. To create an environment, a group of people that are saying, I wanna to gather together, and I wanna to do life with people. Why? Because I wanna help bring hope to my city. That my own backyard and out my, my own neighborhoods and my own schools and my own friends and family. I want to bring hope into the city. I'm not concerned about necessarily, not that we're not concerned about other states and other cities, That's not I'm not saying that, but I know God has put me here and so if he's put you here, he wants you to be a light in this city, in this community to bring hope to it. And this is why we do what we do. This is why we believe we were sent here to help bring hope into this city because we know Again, in every city, not just this one, we know there are so many hopeless situations. It's important that we would be a people that live out and walk in hope. Psalms chapter 147, it says in verse three, he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and he binds their wounds. We are called as a church, we exist, why we're here to bring hope, but also to bring healing to bring healing. It says that he heals the brokenhearted. There are so many situations of brokenness in our, in our community. There are so many situations of brokenness in just this room and online that are watching right now. We've all been hurt. We've all been, we've all had, we're all broken. That's not we've all been broken. We're all broken without Jesus. And we all have been through hurt. In fact, a lot of people have been church hurt. They've been hurt by a church, and maybe you're in the room or online, and you've been hurt by this church. Well, I'll tell you. Welcome to the club. You know what I'm saying? Like, here's what happens. Like, we're all imperfect people, and so our feelings are going to get hurt sometimes. But it's not, it's not about having a perfect church and everybody just always so kind with one another. No, it's that as we walk together and learn together, that we walk in grace for one another because we know we're all broken people. And so I want to have grace for you when you hurt my feelings. I want you to have grace for me if I hurt your feelings. Why? Because we know we're all imperfect. And so what we're trying to do, though, is we're trying to create healing for other people around us. And how do we do that? By showing people Jesus. He's the only one that can truly heal a broken heart. He's the only one that can heal us physically and spiritually and mentally and emotionally. He is the answer. Again, he is and always will be the answer to healing in our lives. In Psalms chapter 103, it says, Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits who forgives all of our sins and heals all our de- diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns, uh, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like eagles. Come on, somebody. I need my youth renewed like eagles. You know what I'm saying? I go to a football game, and l- literally I need help for two days. You know what I'm saying? I go to a football game. I'm like, I need some ice for my back. You're like, you didn't play. I know. I'm old. Come on, somebody. Anyway, it's all good. Just me. It's all good. It's cool. But I love this. It says that he he forgives the sins and he heals all of our diseases and he redeems our life. He's a God who brings healing to our lives. Therefore, confess in James chapter 5 and verse 16. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is is powerful and effective. Therefore, confess your sins to one another so that you might be healed. Notice it doesn't say... Therefore, confess your sins to God, and then you may be healed. See, we're, con- we're to confess our sins to God, yes. But as that, that's how we receive forgiveness. But then there's something else that happens when we walk together and we confess with one another our vulnerabilities of what we're walking through and struggling with. And we find healing together. As I was meeting with people, across the table from people all throughout the city, Ashley and I were, as we were meeting with people, we'd always have people say, well, you know what, I believe in God. I believe in God. We had some people tell us they didn't believe in God, but we had a lot of people tell us they do. I believe in God. I'm a Christian. I believe in Jesus, but I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. We heard it all the time, and that's true, sir, ma'am, that is true. You do not need to go to church to be a Christian, but I will tell you this. I don't need to go home to be married, but I do know this. If I don't go home, at some point, my marriage, my relationship is going to struggle, I would always, and the people would always be like, "Got him." Okay. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyways. And so we need one another. And I'm not talking about being vulnerable with thirty people, and uh, and you're just spreading all your news to everybody and all your hurts and all. Because then what happens is we just end up getting gossiped about. And then you, there's, there's more hurt. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about Jesus had three people, Peter, James, and John. I'm talking about people that are close, three or maybe two or three or four people that God puts in your life that you can walk together. And you can say, hey, I'm, I'm struggling with this area in my life. I want to walk together so that we can continue to find healing together. Because this is what God wants us to do. It's not to be isolated and just be separated and try to figure things out and struggle on our own. No, I want to connect because I know that as I walk with you, as, a, as you walk with me, we're both going to find healing like we never could. This is what Jesus does and this is why we exist so that we can gather together. This is why we do small groups. Small groups is not so we can just have something else to do. We do small groups so we can find moments where we can connect with men, other men, and ladies, other ladies. Where we can continue to be vulnerable with one another so that we can continue to find the healing that we desire to find. We're living in a a city that needs healing. I'm going to show you a statistic to show you that I'm right. So you can say, he's right. 23%, when this statistic came out, 23% in the last year, 23% of the population of Leon County, we're not talking about a different city, we're not talking about a different state, 23% of Leon County in the last year has dealt with some type of depression. One in every four people that we come in contact with is struggling with mental health to the point of where they admit they've had some sort of depression in their lives. One in every four people in our workplace, one of every four people at our schools, one of every four of our neighbors are struggling with some sort of depression. And here we go. We get into our church world, and we get into our Christian world, and we, we come to church, and we sing some good songs, and we hear some good music, and, oh, it feels so good. The, the tingle feeling, oh, it sounds so great. Oh, it's so wonderful. And then we hear this incredibly awesome message. We hear this incredibly awesome message, and, and then we, we check the box, and we feel great, and we're going like, woo, I'm a Christian, yeah. I feel good. We go to our small group on Tuesday night or whatever night it is, and, whoo, man, I'm feeling good. I am a good Christian today. We may read a devotional. Whoo, I'm like a super Christian. Come on, somebody. Man, I feel good about this. I am a good Christian. And then we're getting into our worlds, and we feel so confident in who we are, and yet there are people around us everywhere that we walk that are struggling Hoping someone will show them the light of Jesus. One in every four. We're not talking about a different country. We're not talking, we're talking about our backyards. We're talking about the very people that we see every day at work. We're talking about, for those in the dorm rooms, and the apartments, the students, we're talking about the very people you think are so cool, because they're having all the parties and doing all the drinking, and you're thinking, I'm not being invited, and so I'm lonely. But maybe God's separating you because he desires for you to be a light, because he knows they're struggling eternally, and nobody else knows. I want to be a church, hear me. I don't want to be a church that checks off the box. We didn't move here. I didn't say yes to God to say for that. We could be a church that checks the box on Sunday and so we feel good about ourselves. Woo, we're Christians. No. I want to be a church that understands God has put in our hands the responsibility to bring healing to those around us in our city. I want to be, uh, it's a prayer that I pray. I'm going to get up. I'm too excited. You know what I'm saying? Here it is. I want to be a church, and it's been my prayer since the very beginning, and Ashley knows this. I want to be a church, and when I say a church, I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about a group of people. I want to be a body of believers that brings hope and healing to a city To the point where those around us in our neighborhoods, those around us in our jobs, those around us in our schools, us, ourselves, that we can lay our heads and they can lay their heads on their pillows and our own pillows. And as we lay or they lay their heads on their pillows, they go, I'm good. Life's not perfect There's all kind of chaos happening around me. My relationships are falling apart. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't know what's going on with my finances. I don't know what's happening with my parents or my children. (gasps) I'm good. Why? Because I know, even though everything around me may be chaos, I know Jesus has healed my heart. And because he's healed my heart, I can... (sighs) lay my head on my pillow and say I'm good because he is good. Not because anything around me is good, but because I know he is good. This is what I wanna be. I wanna be a church that brings that to people around us, that shines for people around us. We don't exist, again, just for people to come and look at us and say, oh, look at you, church. Oh, you guys are growing so much. Oh, you guys Oh, you guys are, have such great worship. Oh, you guys have such a funny pastor. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Okay. <laughs> I'm a kind of offended. Okay, anyways. No, it's so that we could be a place where people can come and really find healing. Either we believe Jesus can do it or we don't. Either we believe Jesus can do it or we don't. And this is where who we are as a church. This is what we, why we exist, to bring hope, but also to bring healing because we know we're living in a city. We're living in a state. We're living in a world, a country, and a world that needs hope and needs healing. Amen? Psalms chapter 68 and verse 6 says God places the lonely in families. God places the lonely and families. God calls people and creates spiritual families, which is different local churches. And we have a lot of local churches, incredible local churches in our city. God creates local churches to be spiritual family. And this is what we want to do. When, we, when we, we decided to move here, this is what I would sit across from people. And I would say, some of you probably sat across from me. And Ash and I would say, we want to we want to bring hope, we want to bring healing, but also we want to create a home for people to have that spiritual family where they can walk together and know we're here for you. Doesn't matter what you look like, doesn't matter what you sound like, doesn't matter what background you are, doesn't matter what race you are, doesn't matter how old you are, we want to create a spiritual family. Why? Because we know that's what heaven looks like. Heaven is not one race or one age. Heaven is all nations, all tongues, all tribes worshiping and honoring Jesus. And so we want to be a church that gives people a window, a picture, a glimpse of what heaven really is. And that's what we're here to do. That's why we exist. We exist to help people experience hope healing and a home. The scripture says in Luke chapter 16 and verse 10. Whoever can be very, whoever can be trusted, excuse me, with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever's dishonest with very little will be dis- dishonest. With very much. You know, God has called us as humans to steward whatever it is he's given us. To steward well, if you're, if you're married, to steward your marriage. If you have children, to steward your children. If you're, if you're single, to steward your life. If you got money, to steward your money. If you're broke, to steward whatever you have. Like whatever it is that we have, God has called us to be good stewards, to be faithful with whatever it is, whatever little portion that he's given us. And so here's where I'm at. When Ashley and I moved here, I'm just being completely 100% honest with you. And you may be like, this is my first time, totally cool. Talk with me, sit with me, hang with me, hear me. Ashley and I, when we first moved here, this is what we, we we felt we were called to do, to steward a place that would bring hope, healing, and a home. As we have continued to grow as a church, it has gotten to the place where we can't do this alone. The reason why we can't do this is alone because there's only so much weight people can carry before other people have to also begin to carry weight. And there are people that are carrying weight in our church. And so here's where I'm at. I believe God has called us here to bring hope, healing, and home. But here's where I'm at. I need your help. Maybe you've been coming for a while. I need your help. Maybe this is your first time. I need your help. Uh, here's where we are as a church. We need your help to continue to see God move and bring hope, healing, and a home to our city. Why do I tell you why we're here? I'm telling you this because I want you to know why we exist, because I want you to know we need your help. Here's what's interesting. In Romans chapter 10, verse 13, we read it earlier. It says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? How can they hear about him unless someone tells them? And how can anyone go if they have not been sent? This is why the scripture says, how beautiful are the feet of messengers who bring good news. He says, I love this, he says, how will anyone go and tell them without being sent? See, Ashley and I, we get a lot of glory. We get a lot of the glory of experienced Church because we, people know that God sent us here. And we get a lot of that glory. People are like, oh, thank you so much for hear, hearing the call from God. And, and here's what's cool about that. Yes, God sent us here, but God also sent you here. Notice it doesn't say how beautiful are the feet of the pastors. How beautiful are the feet of the staff members. How beautiful are the feet of the people that get paid full time. It's how beautiful are the messengers. And so here's the thing. We can oftentimes think, okay, they're sent and they're, and we're just kind of participating. No, no, no. God has sent you to Tallahassee. Because he wants you in your community and your neighborhood and your school and your classroom and your cubicle, he wants you to bring hope and a healing and a home to people around you. And so there's only so much Ashley and I can do before we have to have other people around us that says, I see the vision. I hear what God is asking us to do as a church, not just you and Ashley. He, I hear what he's asking us to do. Okay, I want to step up. I want to I do the same thing. I want to bring hope and a healing. Why? Because God has sent me too. You're like, oh, well, this is my first time. All good. When I sat around from people four years ago, I didn't even know them. And I was like, I need you. And they were like, uh. I'm like, no, help me. You know what I'm saying? Here's the deal, whether it was your, this is your first time or whether this is your 500th time, doesn't matter. God has sent you to Tallahassee. And if he's called you to experience church, then here's what it is. Then it's like, okay, okay, God, you've called me. So now I want to be a part of helping create hope, healing, in a home and helping others experience that in this, in this world, in this city. When I first moved here, Ashley and I, we were about to launch the church. We were about to start the church. On our launch team, we call them launch teams just because there's people that were helping us start the church. So on the team that was helping us start the church, it was all college students. There was not one person that was not in college on our launch team. True story. And true story, real life, true story. I can't tell you how many people, pastors, leaders, demons, you know what I'm saying? I can't tell you how many people, I'm just joking. That was a joke. That was a joke. I can't tell, I mean, my gosh, y'all are serious. I can't tell you how many people hear me. I can't tell you how many people that told me this very phrase. A church won't last with just college students. It won't work. Can't do it. It won't happen. And I remember getting in my conversations with God, not discouraged at all by any means, I remember having conversations with God and I told him this, this, this very phrase and I still tell him this today. This is my conversation with the Lord. I said, God, you sent me here. You've, called, you've sent Ashley and I here and so here's, here's what I'm gonna do. I said to God, I just wanna be faithful in stewarding whoever it is that you bring. And as I'm faithful with who you've, who you've who've brought to experience church, even if it's all college students, as I'm faithful, God, I'm going to let you do the rest. And here's what's happened. In a matter of less than four years, our church has grown to three services. You know, you can look around. There are a lot of college students, but there are also a lot of adults and a lot of families and a lot of children. And why? It's all because, I believe, because God will only give us what he can trust us with. And guess what? Whatever that is, if it was just college students, guess what? God, I'm going to be faithful. Why? Because I know you've called us and sent us here. And so, God, I know there are people in our city that need hope, healing, and home other than college students. But this is who you've given us right now. And so, God, I want to be a good steward. It doesn't say in the scripture, you're going to hear well done, good, and faithful, or, well done, good, and uh, perfect person, or well done, good, and, and rich person, or well done, good, and influencer person. No, it's well done, good, and faithful servant. As we're faithful with what you've given us, God, as we steward what you've given us well, God, you're going to give us more. He will only give us what he can trust us with. And so here's where I'm at, being completely 100% vulnerable with you. We have grown to the place of where Ash and I cannot steward it well on our own. We need your help. We need your help. I'm being completely honest. You're like, whoa, 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 bro. Like, Like, whoa, dude, like, I've never been here. All good. I need your help. You're like, well, I don't want to be here. All good. I still need your help. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's cool. I promise. <laughs> but if you have been coming, hear me. If you have been coming, I need your help. And you may say, well, how do you need help? I'm glad you asked. I'm about to give you some ways right now, five ways you can help right now. Very quickly, as, clo- as quick as we can. Number one, I need you to pray for us. Pray for our church. I would ask I would ask you to do this, that in every day as you pray your time with God, that you would Lift up our church in your prayers. You don't have to pray for me if you don't want. I mean, I'll take your prayers. Let me tell you something. I know I'm crazy. I can take all the prayers I can get. Somebody help me. Praise Jesus. If you want to pray for me too, mention my name, J O R D. I'll spell it for you if you need me (laughs) to. Pray for us. Two. Would you pray about? Would you pray about joining us? Join us. Maybe you've been on the sidelines and you've been thinking about it. You're not real sure. Maybe this is your first time. All good. You're like, man, this sounds real cultish. Yeah, kind of, but it's not. (laughs) Sometimes I make myself laugh, all right? (laughs) I got to chill. Okay, I got to keep going. Would you join us? Would you pray about being a part of what God's doing? Maybe you've been coming for a while. And you're like, mm, I, I've been, I've been coming, and I've been enjoying what God's doing, and maybe it's time to take that next step. Join us, be a part of what God's doing, because I believe this: God wants us to bring a city, uh, God wants us to bring hope, healing, healing in a home to an entire city, just not just a small population of the city. We need your help. Would you pray about joining us? Thirdly, would you pray about serving? Would you pray about serving and helping us? We need your help. Help us. How do do I help? There's all different opportunities and different ways to serve. Maybe you could open your home for a small group. Maybe you can help love on some children, one service, and come to a different one. Maybe you could help us in the parking lot. My God, we need some help in the parking lot. Help us. You know what I'm saying? I love it because it says how beautiful are the feet of the messengers. I love this because the parking lot people—they may not be the ones preaching, but they're bringing the good news just as much as I am. See, I get the glory because I'm the ones talk- I'm the one talking, but I- they're making just as much of an impact eternally as I am. And so we need your help. Maybe it's in production. Maybe it's on the worship team. Maybe it's on the greeter team. Maybe it's in the uh, outside team. I don't know. I know this. It can, sometimes we can come and we can think everything looks so good and everybody's got they got it all together let me tell you something we ain't got it together we need your help would you serve with us would you help us everybody in this room and online we have so many different gifts and talents and we can use your help fourthly would you pray about giving now I know this is a sticky topic and I'm going to tell you this right now you'll never hear me tell you to give ever You'll never hear me tell you to give. But I, you will hear me tell you to pray about giving. Because I believe this. Oftentimes we think that giving is, if it's good enough, I'll give. But giving is not, a, 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 giving is not based on performance. Giving is based on obedience. And so it's like when Asher and I, when we moved here, when we were called here, God sent us here, and we, was, we were listening to his voice, God's voice, and we heard God speak to us to move and to plant a church in Tallahassee. And so we just walked in obedience to what God asked of us. It's the same thing with giving. I'm not telling you to give. I'm asking you, would you pray about asking God? Would you pray and say, God, do you want me to give? Because I'm telling you, if you sh- I just want you to be obedient to what he, what he asks of you, because I know this. Listen, there are all kinds of incredible things that we do as a church, but I want to do more. We've given out thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in backpacks and outreaches and all different things throughout our city that just this year, thousands of dollars. But let me tell you something. I'm believing in our church and the near future and coming. We're going to give out millions of dollars worth of stuff to our city. Why? Because we have a city that needs hope and healing. And if, if, if not us, who? But we need you. I need you. I'm not trying to get you all oh, worked up to what you felt. Oh, you're trying to work, emotionally work me up to make me give. No. I'm asking you to go home and pray and seek God for yourself and ask Him. And then be obedient to His voice. I want to I, I I have our own building facility one day. I don't know if you've looked around recently. This mug struggle bussing. As the screens go out in the moment. Let me tell y'all something. If y'all don't think the Holy Spirit's real, y'all wrong. You know what I'm saying? That, that brother said, let me show him how, how funky this room is. Boom, the computer goes out. If you don't know, we're renting this facility. I love this facility. I'm grateful for this facility. I'm grateful for the owner of this facility, and they, he has blessed us, and I'm grateful. But at some point, we want to have our own facility because, again, it's, it's, we just want our own facility. And one of the reasons why is because here's where we are. We're at a place where we want to plant something long-term for the next generation. If this church comes and goes when Jordan comes and goes, we've done it wrong. We want to build something for generations. For as long as, as, long as we're here, as far as human race, until Jesus comes back, we, we want to be a church that's bringing hope, healing, and a home. And so I'm asking you, we need your help. Would you pray, pray for us? Would you join us? Would you serve with us? Maybe you've been coming for a while, and I would tell you this. It, maybe it's time to get off the sidelines. Maybe it's time to stop saying, you know what, I'm just, I've been receiving, I've been receiving, I've been receiving. And that's great. I want you to receive. I'm grateful that I hear it all the time. How people say, oh, the message spoke to me. I'm so grateful that the Holy Spirit would do that in your, in your life and he would speak to you. But also we're, we've got to get to a place where I, now we turn around we say we want to give back to those so we can make room for others so that we can continue to bring hope, healing, in a home. Should pray about giving. Why? Because we want to make an impact that lasts for generations. And then lastly, the most important one, honestly, they're all important, but this is my favorite one. Would you share about us? Would you pray for us? Would you join us? Would you serve? Would you give? And would you share? How can you help? You say, Jordan, Pastor Jordan, whatever you want to call me, you're saying you need my help. How, How can I help? Here are the five ways. Would you share about us? And most of you do this, and it's incredible, and I'm honored that you would. But maybe pray about this week, one person in your life that you can say, I want to I invite somebody or bring somebody or share about Experience Church with one person. When I would sit across the table from somebody, when I knew nobody in Tallahassee, when actually I knew nobody, I would sit across the table from them, and I would ask them these five things. And I would, at the end of it, I would say, just give me one person that I can connect with. Just one friend, one family member, one neighbor, just one person. And I'm going to challenge you with the same thing. Just one person. Who is it that you can share this week, not a month from now, this week, who is it that you can share Experience Church with? And here's what I'm believing. That as you open your mouth and you're bold and you be the messenger that we're talking about, that God's going to honor that. That God's gonna plant some seeds in people's hearts, and who knows what God will do? Because I'm telling you this: if you, I would never would have imagined in three and a half years all God has done in our church. I would never have imagined three services and crowded services and people, people shoulder to shoulder. But he, God is good. Why? Because we can. We can. We 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 prayed the prayer, and we're living it out. We want to be good stewards of well, who God brings to our church. But here's where I'm at: I can't do it alone. The growth of the church at some point, hear me, the growth of a church at some point has to be put in the hands of the church. The growth of a church at some point has to be put in the hands of the church. The responsibility of us saying, we're going we're to love people. We're going to we're gonna, we're gonna bring people. We're going to share about pe- to people. We're going we're gonna to pray for people. We're going to make sure that we're serving people. We're going to make sure that we're bringing hope and healing and a home everywhere that we go. Why? Because we believe that he is the hope. And that he has called us here. And if he's called us here, then we know, Jesus, you desire for us to be the messengers of the good news of what you've called us to. And so I'm asking you, I know this is like, whoa, like if this is your first time, even second time, you're like, whoa. Here's where I'm at. This is exactly where I'm at. I'm at a place that I know God's hand is on this church. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with Ashley. It has nothing to do with the worship team. I know the Holy Spirit, the hand of God is on this church. But I know if we don't continue to steward well, we will miss or lose or people will fall through the cracks relationally and we'll miss the opportunity to really show them hope, healing. In a home. So here's where I'm at. I need your help. Would you pray about all five of those things? Because in the end, here's what I know. I know if God's called you here, I know as you, as you seek him, he's going to speak to you. Amen? Amen. Can we pray? Father, I thank you so much.